Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome on to this special sneak preview of Dunked on Prime with the great Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, uh, who talks to more people around the league than anyone and is actually willing to tell us what he's hearing. We get into all kinds of interesting stuff in this episode, talking about the overall market, whether it really is a seller's market or not, and then some of the biggest teams and players as well. As the sneak preview, we're going to give you the first 20 minutes or so of the episode. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so certainly worth listening to. But of course, the main point of this is to exhort you to sign up for Dunked on Prime using our free 30-day trial where you can listen to the entirety of this episode, the entirety of the mock trade deadline, which gets mentioned several times actually in this episode. And of course, you'll get all of the trade deadline coverage for me, Danny, John, the five days a week of Dan Feldman's writing, access to our cap sheets, the Discord, Seth Partnow's writing, our written chats. We really hope that you will give Dunktown Prime a try risk-free, and we really hope that we can earn your business over the next month. Hope to see you there on Dunktown Prime. All right, special bonus episode around trade deadline season here exclusively for Dunked on Prime listeners. Uh, and if you've just joined us via our 30-day free trial, I hope you're really enjoying the product and I hope that we will earn your business and get you to stay on as a, a full-time listener. But enough about us, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Not bad. I've been, of course, uh, voraciously reading everything that you put out this time uh, of year. And so I guess where I wanted to start is just talking about the overall feeling at the moment here uh, with this market. You know, I can definitely get myself in trouble by saying I don't think anything super size was going to happen. But like that is definitely the overwhelming feeling around the league. And you can couch it by saying, oh, well, we didn't know that Kyrie Irving was going to have his extension talks fall short with Brooklyn and he was going to request that, which is going to lead Kevin Rand to request that by this time last year. No, like that was happening this weekend, the weekend before the deadline last year. Like, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I remember walking around New York, like checking my phone because the deals were bouncing back and forth. And lo and behold, Dallas got them. That like, I don't have any sense. Anything like that's happening right now. And I do feel like as this is like a continued extension of something we've been talking about. And you and I probably talked about here in the past, the plan tournament has certainly changed the trade deadline landscape where more teams think that they're going to have a chance to make it in there than ever before. And there's also, I think an added sense this year where a lot, it was supposed to be a seller's market, right? Supply and demand, yada, yada. But it does seem like a lot of the teams that are selling, whether that be 
Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta, the consistent feedback from rival teams has been, well, their asking prices are too high. And I think we're really just kind of that like stalemate, staring match type stuff about price points and valuations. Like it does feel like the board is kind of generally set. Like there's still a couple of new things that keep trickling in, but it's just a matter of hanging out and waiting to see. I mean, all, all these teams, I know I'm rambling, but all these teams are, uh, I mean, a lot of team personnel are flying in either they did last night or they're coming in from all over the country, scouts and extended front office personnel, what have you, to have meetings and get ready to go for Monday. So I'm sure more info will start flying and things will start to get closer. But for now, it seems pretty quiet as we record this Saturday at uh, one o'clock. If I'm allowed to say that, I don't know, I'm a guest. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, going to be highlighted by more of those like fringy. I think DeJounte Murray will be the best player player move i'm not expecting anything splashier than that yeah well i mean it, it's uh this should be up uh after our you know extensive 10 minute editing process uh should be up <laughs> relatively soon after recording and you know i after because we do our mock trade deadline every year and i i went was most of the selling teams and i went through and i came to the conclusion i was like man if every team gets what they're looking for like obviously you know, what gets thrown out, all right, two first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, two firsts uh, for Kyle Kuzma and a player, whatever, whatever it is. Like, that stuff that gets thrown around in early January, like, that's that's posturing. But even for, like, teams to get realistic returns of first-round picks, there are just so many players that putatively could be available that, you know, there would have been 20 first-round picks changing hands with no stars if all these teams got what they were looking for. And so then you throw in the fact that most of the teams that want to upgrade a Phoenix, a Minnesota, Milwaukee. a Milwaukee, like yep. don't even have a first to trade. And I think you do start to end up at this situation where these teams are either going to have to not get what they want or they're going to have to just move into the summer or they're going to just have to accept less. I think accepting less will happen in various circumstances and I think it won't in others, which I know sounds like couching, but it's just the truth. Like, for example, in Washington, the sense I'm getting is that Tyus Jones, the Wizards, would be more open to... I mean, I wrote about it last year. This is a very dunked on customer base inside basketball thing. There were 71 second round picks traded between January 1st, 2023 and the trade deadline, which over that period from January 1st to the deadline, there had never been the past five years more than like 35 or so picks, second round picks traded. And I think that's definitely credited to all the stuff we've been talking about. And I think that also is showing like a greater willingness for teams to take four or five. I mean, Sadiq Bay, the Hawks traded five second round picks to get him at the deadline. Yeah. last year if you recall and all kind of the Rui Hachimura trade from Washington to the Lakers kind of got I think the second round pick train rolling and like even Thomas Bryant went to Denver for three off the top of my head and I remember yeah Gary Payton was five yeah 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 Crowder was five I yeah. think the Warriors just took the five picks like the Warriors traded James Wiseman to Detroit and got Sadiq Bay back and then I think like the four, the five picks if I like oh, this is how all this stuff comes together at the end the five picks that Atlanta sent Golden State for Sadiq Bay I'm pretty sure they just rerouted to Portland for Gary Payton the, you know? they swapped out like two of them for worse picks I think yeah yeah it was how they so, did it but yeah essentially it's uh yeah that, and that's yeah. I, I mean I think that's instructive though to look at those players even Sadiq Bay who probably would have garnered a first at earlier points in his career to say like what is the line of demarcation 
of the sort of player who gets a first. So what do you think? Like, I agree with you. I don't think it's probably Tyus Jones this year, uh, particularly because he's on an expiring contract. He's not quite a starter level player. So who is the player that is sort of the, uh, the lowest player that could still garner a first in your opinion? I think someone's going to get a first round pick for Bruce Brown. I think New York definitely would. I think going down the list, we could be surprised by some players like Terry Regier, I think no one expected him to go for a first rounder, but he did because my he was Miami's guy. He's on a deal that they seem to appreciate for various circumstances, whether that just be the long term team control or the fact that it could be considered a tradable deal if they have other bigger moves they want to make this they, summer. They saved seven million dollars against the the tax and a much bigger payment than that uh, because he just makes less than Lowry this year for sure. So yeah. there could be those types of circumstances that line up for various guys, whether that be Malcolm Brogdon, although I'm starting to hear that the Blazers might not necessarily be willing to part with him. But it's it really is a thing that's like in the eye of the beholder. Like not every first round pick is created equal, especially when you consider the fact sure. that this 2024 first round is not really being considered full of difference making, you know, franchise altering players. There's always going to be good players picked. I I, lo- I love to kind of joke around with the scouting world folks that like there's no such thing as a bad draft because even yeah. when you go back to 2013, you know, it had Giannis and Gobert and, you know, CJ McCollum's had a great career being picked 10th and what have you. So there's always there's always stuff. There's always players, but there's no clear Victor Wamanyama. There's no like Cade Cunningham, uh, Jalen Green. Yeah, Evan but those Mobley, picks Scotty. aren't going to get yeah. traded anyway, right? Like nobody's yeah. trading a top five pick for sure. In any for sure. For, what I'm saying is for the names we have available now. For sure. What what I'm yeah. saying is is that that tenor at the top really reflects how people feel about the bottom, and therefore I do think we'll see. I mean, the Pacers already traded two 2024 first round picks that are probably going to be 15 to 30, depending on how it all shakes out. I could see a bunch of teams thinking, all right, what's the 19th pick in this draft really going to do for us compared to could we trade this for Bruce Brown, DeJounte Murray? I'm trying to think of other names. I'm going to pull up my notes. I, I was trying to go off the top here. Um, yeah. You know, Miles Bridges, could would someone convince themselves he's worth a first round pick? PJ Washington, even like I could see someone doing that, just thinking, man, the title race is wide open. We got the seventh man. Could he be what Bruce Brown was to Denver a year ago? Could he be, you know, what would the Warriors have paid a first? Like, I think the Warriors would have felt good about paying a first for Gary Payton, how he helped them win the title in 2022, or if he had done that in 20, like last year, you know what I'm saying? So, sure, sure. I do, I do feel like there's opportunity for teams to pay that pick. But I do think that, like, on the flip side, the asking prices probably are a little bit more, like, because people are saying, oh, a first and stuff. So it really is just about like people coming closer together. So I don't know. That's a, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got what you mean. I, there's particularly because we're still not that far removed from the absolute apex of what it takes to trade for someone with the, the Rudy Gobert trade, which is mm-hmm. actually looking better for, for Minnesota. Oh, these yeah. days but was still all-star rather, snub rudy gobert yeah he was snubbed uh at least uh, he wouldn't have made my team but there's a, another player uh, that would uh definitely have not made my team i thought uh, gobert was right there anyway placing a trade shouldn't be complicated it should be smooth as butter the fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission u.s stock and etf trades no account minimums and fractional shares trading fidelity where nothing comes between you and the trade 
That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, like you said, I, I think there are teams that in the past, if they had a 2024 first-round pick in the last 10 picks of the first round, free and clear to trade, would love to just go get a Malcolm Brogdon or something like that. And mm-hmm. I, I joked with John that Malcolm Brogdon is destined to be traded for the last pick of the first round, like every single season. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, because he, he is sort of that like line of demarcation to me of like, you know, very good sixth man on a, on a good team, maybe not a starter, starter on a bad team sort of guy who... And and also under contract for next year as well, which is an important thing as opposed yeah. to being a free agent, which might prevent Tyus Jones, perhaps a similar level of player from garnering a first. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, look, I'm looking right yeah. now. If yeah. I haven't heard much about his name at all, but Kevin Herter is, is definitely available in Sacramento. If we wake up on February 9th and a team that is in the playoff hunt that is in dire need of shooting traded a first for Kevin Herter, I think people would start to be talking themselves into that. You know, I think you go to man, I thought I had, I thought I could roll off, but it's just, there's tough. There's not that much. It's slim pickings out here, man. Like there's definitely yeah. not a lot of guys like that who are actually even available. I mean, Dorian Finney Smith for sure. That two first round picks price about him. I think that's a little overblown. I think from my understanding, the two first round picks that Brooklyn has gotten offered for him that came this past summer. I think that, sure. I think he was, I, I have been told he was one of the names that Memphis was looking at when they were thinking about what to do, which led to Marcus smart. When Indiana had three firsts in the first round last June, he was definitely someone that they were considering there. Obviously, the connection with Rick Carlisle from Indiana. I think, I think, I think the two picks people are kind of balking at, but one that comes down to one. I think many teams would like to trade a first round pick for Dorian Finney Smith. Royce O'Neill, though, like I think if we want to talk about that, like the difference between Royce O'Neill and Dorian Finney Smith is probably like the best example of how to like the best case study to explore what the difference in like two seconds or multiple seconds versus like a bonafide first no i agree with you and finney smith i think is better than royce o'neill on both ends and he's also under contract for more years whereas o'neill his contract expires um let's talk about some of these selling teams and their mindset You you brought up brooklyn with finney smith they're really struggling now i think they're 17 and 29 i don't think ben simmons is gonna save them are do are they like what do you think their just overall direction is right now as a franchise they've got 2025 kind of off in the ether there where they could have cap space but between now and then what do you think just their direction is as a team i think that by as evidenced by the fact that they are turning down any and all offers from mikhail bridges they're harboring this hope 
that someone will want to come play with him and kind of even holding off any notion of a rebuild or like taking a further step back because they are so optimistic in him. I mean, the guy's got a really good shot to be a member of the Paris team in the 2024 Olympics, which to me, virtually impossible to have a consensus on who should be the best 12 or like the best 12 collection of NBA players just from America to send to Paris. The 41 player pool they put out loaded with talent, right? And there's not that many spots left. Yeah. Kevin Durant was talking about it at his locker room last night, at his locker last night, uh, post game in Atlanta, like KD, LeBron, Steph, Embiid, like the top, the top dudes are going. So yeah, well, Embiid's not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> not, not with this, this knee thing. I, I would be well, shocked. We'll see. Does. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's all I'm trying to say is like the spots are not very, the, the spots yeah, are few hard many to come spots, from. Yeah. But Mikhail Bridges, to my knowledge, was Steve Kerr's, if not favorite, one of two favorite players from the Manila team this summer. And why wouldn't he be such so like an elastic? You need him to do this. You need him to do that. You need him to do another thing. He can kind of do it all at maybe a B plus to an A minus range, depending on you know where what the skill sets are. Like the the Nets are hoping that his entire package plus who he is as a guy, very nice dude, has secret handshakes with everyone in the building. I wrote about that at Yahoo. Dame Lillard definitely had an eye on Brooklyn because Mikael Bridges is here. Like that type of stuff they're hoping yeah. will occur over the next however many. I don't know how long their their window is. Like, I don't know if there's a drop dead window of, all right. Like, I don't know if it's this summer, for example. Like, there, there could be in certain situations a team saying, all right, if we don't do this, like Toronto, if we don't, they, they, they've been thinking about pulling the plug for two years now, but eventually they decided let's just do it. I don't know if there's that type of like window bookmark that they have in mind, but like for now, Mikhail's the North Star. I think they're trying to figure out ways to optimize their asset pool around him, being that Dorian and Royce do have the trade value while they're, t- while they're sinking down the standings. But I think they yeah. want it to be like the sixth seed this year. And it's tough to rationalize anyone from like a human ego standpoint. I mean, these are all just people who have good days and bad days who run these front offices, you know? And I think yeah. it's definitely hard to come to grips with the fact that this team you were hopeful would be like a fun, plucky playoff team is just not. And it has very sad vibes in, in the clays right now. So I do wonder what their final decision making is going to be between now and Thursday. Yeah, well, it's like Finney Smith, Dinwiddie, O'Neal. I mean, those guys are old enough yeah. that, you know, you're probably they're probably not going to really matter at this point, whether it's the 2025 offseason when Bridges will have one year left uh, on his his deal uh, or you know, at some point before then. Uh, I mean, now they could be matching salary that you know another team wouldn't be too scared of, although Ben Simmons, his contract has one more year on it. So at that point, he could be expiring and it'd be OK. Um, how about Nick Claxton, actually? You know, that's one yeah. where. Uh, I think it was you who, who reported that there might be a little smoke there around him. I think Steiny wrote that in his Substack. Oh, Mark Stein, me. the Stein line. Subscribe if you haven't. I have heard plenty about Claxton for sure. I definitely heard plenty of the mixed signals that Mark has said for sure. The mixed signals being like what the intel in the ether is. But whenever I've talked to anyone around Brooklyn, they've always said that we like Nick, we love Nick, we value Nick. It's just going to be interesting where his contract number lies come this summer because the word that's out there is that he wants definitely north of Jakob Pertl money. And when you start to approach DeAndre Ayton money, as we're seeing with DeAndre Ayton, there there aren't 
many centers in the league in this cap economy who have truly proven to be worth that dollar. So if they were to move Nick Claxton, which I, as of Saturday at now 120, am not expecting them to do. If they do, I only think it would be like uh, we're using him to go by. Like uh, I'm not saying he's the level of the Bonus Sabonis, Tyrese Halliburton, but something like that. I don't think they're just going to sell Nick Claxton to a team for a couple of picks because I do believe they value him. It's just going to be about what the number that makes sense for both sides is. Yeah, and he, you know, if it's going to be, he's expecting twenty five million a year. I don't think he gets that. Although I would have said the same about Jakub Pertl and and his contract, but he got traded, so that kind of put Toronto in the bird rights trap, particularly given what they gave up for. I I've struggled to find a team where Claxton makes sense. Uh, New Orleans is probably the only one. Even then, they would love to have a shooting big man. Those kind of just don't really exist at this point. But someone who does a little more rim protection than Valanciunas, and they could have matching yeah. salary coming back with Valanciunas pretty easily if they want to go that route. And they have, they're one of the few teams that has kind of superfluous picks. But yeah, I wouldn't advise that, you know, New Orleans give up that Laker pick for example, to get him, it would be, you know, the, uh, some of the other like Milwaukee stuff that they have in the future or their own pick this year or something like that. And if that's not enough for the Nets, if they value just re-signing him, then yeah, I guess he probably wouldn't get, wouldn't get moved, but they certainly with him about to be a free agent, like they should at least be taking the temperature uh, on what's yeah. out there for him. I, I mean, I, I feel if you could trade him for like more than one first, that they should probably do that. And just you're better off than just having those to trade for somebody else in the future because it doesn't like he's not has proved to not be a difference maker for them defensively. We thought he was playing next to Kevin Durant last year. That kind of hasn't really been the case. He's kind of more in that serviceable center range. He also has some limitations because he's so thin. Yeah, he looks the part. And I'm going to shout out James Herbert, who's definitely a fan. We always kind of go back and forth about him when I'm at Nets games. Yeah, I, I think, and I'm sure your listeners have heard this before, like to talk, you talk, you could, for you to talk about, it just makes sense to gauge his value now, knowing what's coming up being his free agency. That's just kind of how these transaction cycles work. Like, yeah, what's what you have to look at what's coming to influence what you're doing now. And I've only been doing this for so long, but I, I'm sure that's a relatively modern development. I'm not sure in 2008 was everyone stacking their books for next summer and the summer after that at the trade deadline. But that seems to be without a doubt how the entire league operates from every vantage point that I, I've learned. And, and it's just important to consider as for fans, if you're ever trying to forecast what your team is going to do and understand why your team's going to do it, that's why you see Memphis and Houston doing this on the surface kind of weird trade for Steven yeah. Adams and Victor Oladipo. Because if like you squint and look at it from one angle, the Rockets traded two second round picks with Kevin Porter Jr. after his, you know, challenging, awful, whatever word you want to use, off court allegations this summer that continue to be murky. Um, you know, he's they wanted to get off of his salary to like have something salvageable. And they paid two second round picks to get Victor Oladipo's expiring deal, which he was never going to play this year at with an injury. And so like then you take three more second round picks to go get Steven Adams, who's also out this season. I had heard the Rockets were poking around at Robert Williams and you know, we'd written that at Yahoo. I know Stein wrote that. I know Haynes has talked about that. So them going out and getting Steven Adams wasn't like the most shocking thing. 
but I, I thought that was like a, a secondary option for Houston. Like they have Jock Landale's non-guaranteed deal for next year. And you heard them link to like Clint Capella and looking at Daniel Gafford and, and asking about Wendell Carter. And I think a lot of teams go through these kind of sequences of decision-making where you've got your, I mean, a lot of teams do have a list of like 10 guys are trying to get, and that's it. A lot of teams have different th- situations. A lot of teams have just like, okay, we're going to first look at this tier of player. And if we can't afford these guys or can't get a deal work, then we're going to go down to like this tier of player. And I think Houston, I was more, I was expecting them to do this type of deal at the end of the deadline. So like now I'm wondering, oh, I mean, I haven't called anyone. I haven't checked in with anyone there like since that happened. Um, but now I'm like, this is how like I just, I'm processing it and sharing to like show how I think the actual decision makers do. It's like, oh, so does that meal? Does that deal mean they're done? Or does that deal mean like they liked this for this price point for that tier two? And like, they still feel confident because they still feel confident, like the tier one things are out there. That's, I think, a very overanalyzed way of how all this stuff kind of is is cycling right now. Yeah. And the Adams trade, I think a possible Brogdon trade to the Knicks, if that were to happen, I think there's a feeling for some of these teams that may be trying to make a big trade in the future that we want to actually, you know, the hot new thing used to be expiring contracts. For some of these teams, it's let's trade our expiring for a guy who has one more year who can help us in the interim, but then also would be expiring next year because we don't have enough matching salary for next year, at least attached to guys that we don't care that much about. So in some way, Stephen Adams, Malcolm Brogdon, guys who are, okay, yeah, these guys will help us for right now, but they're expiring money and we don't feel like they're so essential to what we're doing that we can't retrade them later on. That will do it for today's sneak preview of Dunktown Prime. I hope you enjoyed the first third or so of this episode and you can listen to the rest for free with our 30-day free trial on Dunktown Prime. The link is in the show notes. Hope to see you over there. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.